Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high-stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. All these years of hard work and sacrifice, yet I still feel like this, end quote. Does that sound familiar to anyone? <sighs> Look, I'm by no means encouraging you to demotivate yourself or your kids, but for every moment that you set a high goal, take time to appreciate all the surrounding moments, achievements, and gifts you take for granted. So this fear of missing out is usually coming through your mind and the associations that you make comparisons to other people, things like that as you go through daily life trying to freaking enjoy yourself, but rumination keeps coming up. Again, uh, replaying the past as a source of depression or stressing about the future as a source of anxiety. Anyway, the treadmill, the hedonic treadmill refers, this is back to Dr. Sinha quoting, uh, refers to how individuals are constantly spinning on a wheel where they seek outside pleasures hoping that will somehow reset their thermostat to a higher level of happiness. This is Brad. I want to tell you about my life-changing acquisition of a personal home-use sauna. I have a 6x6 barrel sauna in my backyard, ready-made heat therapy, a fabulous unit from Almost Heaven. Check out their website. You can very affordably order your own sauna for installation in your backyard or garage and have a sauna experience, the fabulous health benefits accruing from exposure to hot temperatures. Get that sweat going. These are beautiful, traditional dry barrel saunas where you splash the water on the rocks, go in there and relax. It's become a social centerpiece at my home. People traveling from far and wide to come check out the barrel sauna, turn the dial or set the timer and walk in to 200 degrees in the Caribbean seas. For some reason, people like to come to the sauna more than my cold tub. Go figure. Check out almostheaven.com and their beautiful natural wood designs. And pretty soon, surprisingly affordable, you will be in the home sauna business. Here's a breather honoring the great work and the great show I did with Dr. Ron Sinha and a couple of his favorite topics. Remember, he's the internal medicine physician working with the highly affluent population group, employees of large Silicon Valley companies, and has been compelled to kind of expand his awareness the nature of his practice beyond the uh, blood pressure and the blood results to identify the destructive effects of rumination, of FOMO, folk you, fear of keeping up, fear of missing out, and how these psychological conditions impact actual physical health from a medical perspective. So he's had to kind of uh, change the way he works with his patients and address these things head on, even in uh, one of the most affluent work populations in the world, really, 
employees in Silicon Valley make an average of 2.5 times the United States average. Uh, they live in million-dollar homes, just routine starter homes. Uh, your basic uh, is very expensive. Everything's blown up. Uh, the explosion of wealth there makes even people who are doing really well and comfortable by any standard uh, succumb to FOMO. So he has some great writing on his blog, and I want to uh, read some of this stuff and offer a little commentary. Some food for thought. Uh, his first concept that he discusses is called the hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill, or you can call it a hamster wheel, is a preset thermostat for your own intrinsic level of happiness. And there's some research uh, suggesting that we have sort of a preset thermostat. Maybe we can work through it and change it. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, some people might be wired to be unhappy uh, dating back to childhood. Dr. Bruce Lipton, biology belief suggests that our programming, most of all of our programming comes between the ages of zero and six. And this is when we're an open book, a sponge. We learn about how to live our lives and how to behave and the example that our, our peers or our parents set. And we've experienced trauma or difficulties during that time. Those things get hardwired in and they're very difficult to escape these patterns, these thought patterns and these behavior patterns. So if you had a tough childhood, maybe you're going to wire up for unhappiness and struggle uh, for the rest of your days. Uh, noting that, again, insight from Dr. Lipton that we spend 93 to 97% of our time uh, operating from the subconscious, replaying uh, flawed subconscious behavior patterns and thoughts, especially thoughts. 80% uh, of our thoughts are the same as yesterday, and 85% of those are negative. Uh, I'm not exactly on with those stats, but they're extremely uh, disturbing to think of that. And Whew, uh, we have a whole show on that, so go uh, listen to the insights from Biology Belief. Uh, but back to Dr. Sinha's work. Let's say somebody was wired to be generally unhappy from childhood. If this person wins the lottery and becomes instantly rich, there would be a momentary rush of happiness or a thrill. But over time, predictably, the person would return back to the preset thermostat level of happiness. Studies of lottery winners show that they don't respond to ordinary situations or everyday events with an inflated level of bliss. Uh, we did some of the research for that in Keto for Life, and oh my gosh, the, uh, the data on lottery winners is very disturbing. So be careful what you wish for. If you're talking about if I won the lottery this, if I won the lottery that, uh, they lose their friends friends very quickly. Uh, they immerse into a different socioeconomic group that they're not comfortable with or prepared for, so they feel isolated. Uh, there's problems with the family. Obviously, you can imagine sort of the mooch concept where all of a sudden you're uh, vastly, uh, you have vastly uh, superior wealth to everyone around you, including close family members, and they're, oh man, the, the, the things you have to navigate. Uh, there's a high rate of divorce in the aftermath of winning the lottery, all kinds of stuff disturbing the normal, everyday, happy, peaceful, routine life that we wish we could get out of, but maybe we should uh, pause and reflect on the richness of the various experiences that we get to participate in. Anyway, the treadmill, the hedonic treadmill refers, this is back to Dr. Sinha quoting, uh, refers to how individuals are constantly spinning on a wheel. 
where they seek outside pleasures hoping that will somehow reset their thermostat to a higher level of happiness. Oh my gosh, what does this remind you of? That's right, my show on Dr. Lustig's work in his book, The Hacking of the American Mind. While we are uh, just drawn to pursue these dopamine hits in daily life to the uh, compromise of our ability to uh, experience happiness and contentment and fulfillment, which are the serotonin pathways. And when you flood the dopamine pathways with instant gratification pleasures, you cut yourself off from the ability to uh, experience that the true uh, most meaningful life of uh, persevering through challenge and, and struggle and feeling good about yourself. We kind of just hijack that. So this is uh, very aligned with the message that Dr. Sinha is trying to convey here uh, with the hedonic treadmill. Quote from his article, Hey, maybe if I leave this job and join a startup, run my own business, make more money, get a nicer car, push my kids harder <laughs> so I can live my life through their successes, then I'll be happier. Doesn't quite work out too well. Uh, angry, dissatisfied, unhappy, selfish people don't all of a sudden become peaceful, happy, selfless individuals as a result of positive changes in their financial or personal situation. The converse is also true. If you're wired to be happy and more resilient, then sudden adverse changes in your health or your finances may temporarily move your happiness levels lower, but then you snap back closer to your pre-programmed levels. Interesting. Can any of us reference things in our own personal life uh, that light up here. Uh, personal financial situation, I can definitely reference things. If I start back in college when I lived on X amount per month and then probably uh, lived on uh, 10 times that, uh, what, a couple decades later, and then maybe even increase that uh, a decade after that. But guess what? If my mindset was the same, my financial worries and stresses were the same. Nothing changed. It just there was a zero added on to the number, but I still pretty much had everything I wanted or needed, right? Most of us do, uh, but also pretty much injected uh, stress, anxiety, scarcity, all these emotions into the picture because I was trying to make ends meet. How effed up is that when you think about it, right? And can we rewind the clock and go back and live on $600 a month instead of 6000 <laughs> Not too easy. No one would raise their hand and volunteer for that role. But is there something we can do with our mindset? Be grateful for what we have, no matter what it is or where we are today, and then work from that starting point. That's a great uh, insight that I got from Luke's story when he was talking about the, uh, the the manifesting question, the process of manifesting and how to understand that properly. And he said, look, you hear these people talk about uh, calling in the one, and they envision a guy with a nice trim beard, and he's 6'1", and he, he travels in a private jet, and you're going to call that person into your life, and then you're going to be happy. He goes, that's that's not how it works. If that's where you're at, you're going to get cut off from the force, from the power that the manifestors believe to be true. Uh, so you want to be grateful for where you are right now, and that's your starting point. And then with great specificity and clarity, you can uh, proceed to manifest uh, other things in your life that you're uh, you're clear about, right? But only when you're happy and grateful from that starting point. If you think something outside of you is going to make you happy, you are going to suck at manifesting. <laughs> okay, so back to Dr. Sinha's article. 
And he's talking about in my neck of the woods in the wonderful Silicon Valley, there's a tremendous focus on constantly driving towards external goals to hopefully reset this happiness thermostat. This rarely ever works. Remember, people, this is the doctor that's seeing these real people come into his office with adverse blood values and disease patterns, mainly because of their mindset. As a matter of fact, it just creates sequentially greater and greater expectations that result in temporary highs. But then you're back to your preset level of dissatisfaction. Quote, all these years of hard work and sacrifice, yet I still feel like this. End quote. Does that sound familiar to anyone? <sighs> Look, I'm by no means encouraging you to demotivate yourself or your kids. But for every moment that you set a high goal, Take time to appreciate all the surrounding moments, achievements, and gifts you take for granted. And here's a highlight quote that Ron thinks is super important. If you're pushing yourself or your loved ones toward external goals and setting higher and higher expectations while consistently sacrificing nutrition, exercise, sleep, social connection, nature connection, and mindfulness, then you are chaining yourself to the hedonic treadmill and not making progress toward a more fulfilling life. Here's Dr. Sinha's tip and trick in this area. He has learned to set really low expectations for most events and personal interactions in his life, and it has made a big difference, he says. If expectations are not met, no worries, and if they're met or exceeded, then he feels the joy and gratitude. Oh, man. Love that stuff. And then sort of as a package to keep on the same show, uh, he gives these wonderful bullet point tips to overcome the negative health aspects of rumination. So I think rumination and mof mofo, excuse me. Hey, it's a commercial for mofo, male optimization formula with organs. No, I was going to say FOMO. Rumination and FOMO are uh, directly correlated. So this fear of missing out is usually coming through your mind and the associations that you make, uh, comparisons to other people, things like that as you go through daily life trying to frickin' enjoy yourself, but rumination keeps coming up. Uh, re again, uh, replaying the past as a source of depression or uh, stressing about the future as a source of anxiety. So here are some tips to overcome the dangerous adverse consequences of FOMO. Number one is identify. So when you experience rumination, you say, you can even say out loud, Dr. Sinha says, there I go ruminating again. Oh, there you go, Brad. Pitt wishing you won the Oscar instead of someone else. Oh, you did win the Oscar. Uh, congratulations. Okay, so label it. Number two, categorize. Be familiar with the common rumination movie themes you replay in your head, like If Then, Great Expectations, and Social Comparisons. Ah, so he's labeled them, categorizing them. If Then, get it? If I could get that promotion, then I'd be happy. Great Expectations. Hmm, so we're, I guess we're uh, envisioning... Uh, you being the life of the party at the upcoming gathering, and then uh, it's kind of uh, not going out that well, so you uh, get down on yourself, whatever. Okay, so those are the great expectations category. And then social comparison, so simple and easy to uh, transcend if you just check yourself. Forget that nonsense. Choose out, man. Choose a different, choose a different thought, really, huh? 
Okay, third, externalize. Grab some popcorn or a handful of nuts would be healthier, according to Dr. Ron, and watch ruminating thoughts like you're watching a movie. This was a beautiful insight that I first heard from uh, New Age author Dan Millman, author of The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. He said to live your life as if you were watching a fantastic movie where it's eliciting all this emotion, you're crying tears of sadness, tears of joy, you're scared, you're afraid, you're uh, excited. And then when the movie ends, you get up and walk out of the theater and go on with your life. And so if you can live your life in that same manner, where maybe you are having a difficult emotional period, a personal or family crisis, you got to deal with it. You're watching the movie. You're all in. Of course, you're not denying or anything, but you wake up the next day, grateful to be alive, move on with your life. Don't go back into rumination, uh, the source of depression, ruminating about the past, and don't be anxious about the future. Okay, so that was externalize. Live your life like you're watching a movie. Next, detach and distract. Rumination is sticky, and it will pin you to your office chair, your couch, or your bed. To the extent that you feel helpless and paralyzed, you literally become a victim or a prisoner of your own thoughts. Immediately detach yourself from your rumination environment and then positively distract yourself with exercise, reaching out to a friend, reading a book you enjoy, doing something creative, getting out into nature. What a great advice. Just get up and get moving, man. Mondays, in Dr. Sinha's example, are the days that he's most susceptible to rumination. And so the simple act of working in a public place like a coffee house rather than a solitary office can make a huge difference. All right. I love that. Take action. Next, be present. Recall that ruminating about the past is linked to depression. Ruminations about the future are tied to anxiety. The space in between is the present. And mindfulness practices like meditation can help bring you back to your center. Next, pause and reflect. Become the wise Elda every now and then. Ask yourself if you're constantly running on the hedonic treadmill and forcing your family down a similar path. And in our podcast and in his writing, Dr. Sinha does a great job uh, conveying the very, very disturbing insight that we pass this shit on to our offspring, people. So if we are ruminators and sufferers of FOMO and FOQ, our kids will internalize this stuff and become their little FOMO and FOQ people also. We don't want that. We want to cut the ties and move on from that stuff. So be a role model, set an example with your behavior as well as your mindset and your own thoughts, knowing that people are watching. If you're in that parenting role, oh my gosh. And if not, if you're talking about uh, your peers as an adult, you can be a positive impact on your social circle or you can be a negative impact. Remember the Framingham study, the greatest, uh, the longest and most uh, respected longitudinal study of health practices ever known. And it's the uh, tracking of the residents of Framingham, Massachusetts. Uh, thousands of medical research papers have come out of the Framingham study. And they've also done some sociological stuff, uh, including uh, discovering the idea that uh, social behaviors are contagious, including things like happiness, including things like obesity, 
Uh, you could also speculate that things like rumination, FOMO, and FOQ are socially contagious. After all, if social comparison is one of the categories, then, oh my gosh, when we're interacting with our peers, maybe we can choose out of that, support each other in that goal, rather than uh, these nitpicks and these digs and these uh, subversive competitiveness and all the things that we engage in uh, to try to feel superior, to try to bring other people down. None of that stuff. No more. Let's go. Move on. So uh, pausing and reflecting, being the wise elder, uh, you're going to bring your family down a similar path and your friends, I'm going to add. Prioritize your mind and body and encourage those you love to do the same. Remember, you cannot reset your thermostat, your happiness thermostat, through incessant material pursuits and external goal achievements. And the final bullet in Dr. Sinha's suggestions to overcome rumination is to get help. For many, the rumination movies continue to dominate their lives despite using some of the above techniques. These are past experiences and traumas that have become strongly embedded into our psyche and need to be addressed by a mental health professional. Remember, uh, Bruce Lipton uh, conveys uh, a few ways to kind of unwind the flawed uh, subconscious programming and childhood traumas. And one of them was hypnosis. I think another one was uh, mindfulness exercises. So you can do something about it, even though these things are hugely embedded. So go see a mental health professional. Uh, Unfortunately, Dr. Sina says, seeking help is often considered taboo to the very individuals and cultures that need it most. All right, so just take a step forward, advocate for yourself, do something about it, honor these tips. Again, it's identify, categorize, externalize. That's like watching the movie. Detach and distract, get up and move, go somewhere else, be present right? That's the cure for rumination, really. Pause and reflect. Become the wise elder every now and then. Realize that you're going to bring this shit to your family if you're not careful. And then finally get help. What a great show. Thank you so much for listening. And go listen to my show with Dr. Ron Sinha or look at his website, culturalhealthsolutions.com. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.